Praise God. Welcome to the second service. Hallelujah. We do have a few announcements. Please uh, don't forget, or please remember. I want to make sure you say remember, because if I say forget, you'll probably forget. Um, remember, there will be no Wednesday service, and in place of that, we will have a Tuesday service. Brother Booker is going to be here ministering to us. You want to make sure to be here. 6.30 for prayer, 7 o'clock for the service. And August 13th, we have men's prayer and breakfast. That will be here at the church at 8 a.m. And then just a reminder of the Move the Mission deadline for August 21st. Hallelujah. Have you come here to worship? All right, let's go ahead and let's worship our God.
honor and all praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give you the highest praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You alone are worthy. You alone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah, Jesus. You've been calm to the storm. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, 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 Lord. God, aren't you thankful for that? He's greater than any one of our foes. He's greater than any circumstance or situation. He's greater than anything we'll ever face. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
He's the King of kings and He's the Lord of lords. And nothing's going to get by Him. Nothing's going to sneak up on Him. Nothing's going to overcome Him. He is Lord and He's Lord alone. He's God. And He's God all by Himself. Hallelujah, Jesus. And He's worthy of our worship today, church. He's worthy of all of our praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. Uh, you can be seated for just a moment. When I first got into church, uh, a lot of you know I was a, I was a good Lutheran boy, and uh, we didn't do a lot of this in a Lutheran service. Uh, we sung hymns, and, and uh, we were thankful to be done with them. And then the preaching started, and I was thankful that that was done. And uh, we did the benediction, and thank God, church is done. Now the day is, the day is mine. <clears throat> and that's kind of how I looked at it. So when I came into this, and people were really excited to come to church, and people who were really excited to, to sing these songs and worship God, uh, that threw me for a loop a little bit. I was, I was kind of glad to see that. Because uh, I didn't want to come do another one of those services. Again, not disparaging any any denomination. I am also thankful for my heritage that I had a foundation that God was able to build on. Amen. <clears throat> but uh, when the preacher would get up, as I was a new convert, and would start trying to encourage the congregation to worship and encourage the congregation to praise. I got a little frustrated with that. And the reason for that was, one, I didn't really understand what worship and praise was. Uh, two, <clears throat> that's just not my personality. Uh, if, I, if I went to a concert and I went to one concert, I sat there like a lump. And everyone else was worshiping their God at the concert, and I was doing the same thing I did in my first Pentecostal service. I just kind of stood up with them and just observed. <clears throat> but in the, in the Pentecostal service, I certainly felt something. And uh, in any case, I came to realize the importance of worship, even though I am not given to uh, verbose or... or uh, expressive worship. Uh, you haven't seen me dancing up and down around here. Uh, unless the Lord moves on me, you probably won't. And if I do, please don't call an ambulance. Uh, it is not a seizure. <coughs> it's just me dancing. <laughs> okay? Because I promise you're going you're gonna to wonder. <laughs> but, Worship and praise is, is not simply just jumping up and down and shouting, and, although it does involve all of that. And my pastor told me, because, you know, it, it, it bothered me, and, and I had to talk to someone about it. He told me, well, going through the emotions brings on the emotions. And that sounded kind of like a, a, a Brian Tracy, you know, self-help seminar, Zig Ziglar. Um, you know, fake it till you make it. Check up from the neck up. <laughs> kind, of, kind of mentality. 
but I did it, and, and I did some studying on it since then, and uh, there is certainly biblical precedence for that, that uh, uh, th- our posture, our body posture, uh, it matters when we enter into the presence of God. Um, there's a reason that when you came before the king, uh, you, you came not... What's up, G? <clears throat> There's a reason you didn't come into the presence of the king like that. You came a little bit differently. You came very softly. And sometimes you'd be crawling. Or maybe you'd be flat on your face in his presence. There's a reason for that. Body posture matters. And and when I adopt the, the proper posture, then... I'm more apt to feel the presence of God. I'm more able to, to enter properly into His presence. And so, getting back to worship, when I do raise my hands, even I, I don't feel like it all the time. Uh, you know, you, re- you leave them up there a while and your shoulders start to hurt. <clears throat> Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. But I, I still do it because it, it pleases God. And doing that, I'm adopting a posture of worship. I'm adopting a posture of, of praise. And so, um, entering into the presence of God and worshiping Him. Uh, it's not always boisterous. It's not always uh, expressive, although it can be. And probably sometimes it should be. But uh, I've found that I can enter into the presence of God uh, very softly. And I can feel His presence very powerfully. <clears throat> I hear from Him. I, I feel His presence. I, I, I feel like I'm in the very throne room of God. And uh, then, of course, it becomes a whole lot easier to worship and to praise God at that point. But getting to that point isn't always easy. Sometimes it really is a sacrifice of praise. We do it when we don't feel like it, but we do it because it's right, He's worthy, and I love Him. Amen. So, Just keep in mind, when I or anybody else gets up here and, and tries to encourage the congregation to worship, it's not because I'm looking, I'm the, I feel like I'm a cheerleader and, and uh, I get paid more if, if I can keep this thing going a while longer. Uh, no, that's not it at all. I want us to enter into the presence of God. I want us to, to get to a place where God can speak to us plainly and clearly. And, and I know that that's the way in. And I, a lot of you guys do too. So, amen. Um, I want us to pray uh, one more time. Uh, there's a, a few needs that I w- really want to bring to our attention. Uh, Sister Bell, uh, I want us to pray for her. She's, she's going through some intestinal stuff right now. But uh, more generally, uh, I just want to make sure that we're lifting her up in prayer. She's going through a, a really tough time right now, and um, I know she puts on a strong front, and she is a woman of faith, and her faith is in the Lord her God. I don't doubt that for one second, but she's still a human being, and she still lost her best friend on this, on this world. So I want to make sure that we're continuing to lift her up in prayer. Sister Parker, uh, my understanding is slowly but surely she's fighting through all this. I want to make sure that we continue to lift her up in prayer. Amen. And Ethan, you guys all know Ethan. 
Well, he texted me during men's conference that uh, he's he's looking at uh, maybe getting a job, uh, but that would require him to move to Baraboo. And so I just want to I, I want us to pray for direction for Ethan, that the Lord's will is done there. Uh, I would certainly like him to not get that job and to stay right here with us. But let's uh, let's pray for God's will, and uh, whatever that happens to be, we'll we'll go along with that. Amen. If we can stand. Also, also, um, <laughs> since we're throwing these out, uh, let's also pray for Tuesday's service. We won't meet until then, uh, so I, I want to just uh, make sure that all of our hearts and our minds are focused when we come in Tuesday evening, and that we're prepared to receive from our bishop all that God has for us. Amen. And at the same time, that God would minister to him as he ministers to us. Amen. I would love to see him blessed as much as he wants to see us blessed. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for your mercy and for your grace, for your goodness to us. We bring these needs before you in prayer. We pray for Sister Bell. Lord Jesus, that you'd heal her body, that you'd infuse her with strength and life and vitality. I pray, Lord, more generally, that you would give her peace that passes all understanding, joy, unspeakable and full of glory. I've not lost my spouse. I have no idea what that's, what that's like, but it, it's got to be hard for her. It's, it's got to be painful. And I pray, Lord, that you would see her through this, uh, through this time in her life, that you would give her strength, undergird her with strength, that she would learn all the more. I know she knows how, but all the more to lean on you and to trust in you for her strength and for her salvation. I pray for Sister Parker, Lord Jesus, that you would minister to her, continue to give her healing, continue to heal her body, continue to give her a sound mind. And I pray, Lord, that you would undergird her with strength, continue to be her encouragement and her strength and her life. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name for Ethan, that you would give him direction as he seeks your will for this, as he seeks direction for a job this time in his life. I pray that you would lead him and guide him, that you would be a lamp unto his feet and a light unto his path, that you would order his steps aright. I pray that whatever your will is, Lord, that you would go with him, that you would encourage him, that he would be your, uh, that he would be your child and that you would be his God. Lead him to a place of repentance unto salvation, I pray. I pray for our service this Tuesday, that you would anoint the bishop with the Holy Ghost and with fire, that you would make him to become your mouthpiece and your oracle. To this congregation, I pray that when he comes, that he would come with Holy Ghost fire and boldness, that he would preach the whole counsel of God unto us that we would be prepared to receive the preached Word, that we would be prepared to receive what You have for us, and that we would be doers and not hearers only. And I pray, Lord, that as He preaches and as He ministers to this congregation, that You would minister unto Him, that You would encourage Him and strengthen Him, that You would bless Him, Lord Jesus, in every conceivable way. I pray for our service here today, that You would minister here wondrously and gloriously in our midst now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. We acknowledge the Lord is God. We acknowledge that the God, this God is one. We acknowledge that You are here. And we declare in the heavenlies that You have all power and that You have all authority. And whatever we have need of here this morning, You can and You will take care of it for us. Hallelujah, Jesus. We will cast our cares on You because You care for us. Thank You, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus, for your love and for your mercy and for your compassion to us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your so great faithfulness to us. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. And that you would minister in our midst here today according to your perfect will. According to all of your heart's desire. Let that be manifest in our service here today. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you so much. God bless you. You can be seated. As some of you know, uh, I'll let the rest of you know, we recently came back from a men's conference, and it was, I know you hear this all the time, people say it's a life-changing experience, and uh, oh, it was, it was awesome, and, and if, you, if you weren't able to make it this year, you need to go next year. I know you've heard all of that, but I'm telling you again, it was awesome, it was life-changing, and you need to go next year. Amen. <clears throat> the, the preaching at the family camps and the, the preaching here at the men's camp, and I have no doubt that the, the preaching at other conferences we're going to have in our district this year, is it has changed. The tone of it has changed. And the, the, the messages, I mean, it's the same gospel, it's the same, it's the same book, the same God, but the situations are way different. The times are different. And the preaching has reflected that. And I am, I am really, really excited for our future. I'm really excited to see what God has in store for us. These are the end times, and, and things are going to start moving really fast, I believe. And we've got to be positioned, and we've got to get ready, and all of those things, but but I'm excited about what God is going to do, what He's already doing. Amen. And, and the, the preaching, the teaching has just been absolutely stuff I've never heard before. And it's, it's awesome. It's, 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 you got, you got to go onto YouTube, you've got to log in, and you've got to watch these things. Amen. However, having said all that, uh, some of our men were able to go, and I have asked all of them if they would come up and just share a little testimony, what God spoke to them about, what God's dealing with them, what they learned, what they felt, anything having to do with men's conference. Amen. So we're going to start with uh, Brother Shepherd, if that's all right with you. Amen. Wait a second. All right. Uh, I don't know if I can get a stand here. I'm just going to stand here next to my wife. Um, I got to be the Uber driver again for uh, this year. Uh, pick up all the gentlemen uh, that, that went with me. Uh, Pastor Becker, Brother Bob, uh, Brother DeMuth. And uh, what a privilege that was. I'm going to first say that. Um, uh, going with these wonderful men was just a privilege. Uh, going to men's conference with Bob for the second year in a row. It was an honor. Uh, I just really enjoy your spirit of servanthood. Um, and also, uh, I was a late register this year. I thought I was on time, but lo and behold, I wasn't on time. So I, I spent uh, the night with a gentleman I never knew before. His name was Sonny, Brother Sonny. And, uh, what, a, what a young man he was and the excitement he was. He was so excited about his relationship with God. Um, 
he uh, was he said he had received the Holy Ghost once, was speaking in tongues, but he was speaking it again. Maybe only spoken in tongues three times. And we sh- we got to go through the scriptures about the Holy Ghost and baptism and and uh, so many witnesses, and so many young men, and the testimonies of young men that were there. Uh, such a variety of men and such a wide array of men that been delivered from the things of this world. And some men and some believers had been born in, into church families, okay, that, are, that have been Pentecost all their lives. And that's a testimony in itself, that you've never been involved with the world. So that came from, you know, everybody from some of the young women who served to the young men that I had a chance to talk to. Um, that to me was more than... I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it was more to me than some of the preaching and teaching. Not, I'm not saying that wasn't excellent and that wasn't par excellence and it wasn't exciting. But to hear their testimonies, to hear how God delivered them and how God saved them meant so much to me because I could relate to some of them. This one gentleman I talked to, his name was Sean, and I can't remember where Sean was from. Sean told me he'd owned two bars. And his wife and them were into the world and he said it was a very lucrative job, the bars were. And I could relate to that because my grandpa owned a bar on the south side of La Crosse for 30 years. But his mom was raised him up as a Catholic, and he was born as a Catholic, so he had some roots. And um, but he said he talked about how he got saved. He told me about how he got saved and how God sent a witness into his, his life, and he started going to church. And he said he wouldn't even open up his bar until noon. But he would keep, kept on... And then all of a sudden, God began to deal with him. Him and his wife, his wife got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. And then all of a sudden, he came in, he got saved, and he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said, right then, God began to deal with him. Right on the spot, God began to deal with him about his bars. And he said he gave up both of his bars, and he sold them both. And he said, no questions asked. He said he knew it was God who told him to do it. Even though it was a very lucrative job. And that was such a witness to me that, you know, God can do these, the miraculous. He said his mother is still like in her 70s. His grandma, his mother's in her 70s. And I said, let me tell you a story. So my grandpa was also Catholic. He was he was Catholic. And I said, and I went to teach him. I wanted to talk to him about Jesus' name, baptism, including the Holy Ghost, Acts 238, and, and my salvational experience when I was in the Navy. But he refused. He said, I was born Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I was going to die Catholic. And then... Um, and I said, you know, I didn't, I didn't approach him anymore because I knew he was closed. That was a closed door. And I, and I said, but I said, after he, my grandpa passed, my, my grandma accepted a Bible study from him. And I had taught her a Bible study. And I saw her baptized in that tank back there when she was over 70 years old. And I said, don't you give up any hope to your mom. Because that same God who saved my mother, my grandma, 70 years old, and that baptismal thing can save your mom. Say, all she has to do is just open up her heart. And So don't you give up praying for her. And, and, and the, having a willing heart to teach her a Bible study, you never know. And man, he just folded like... And we just, you know, he, he and he said, we got to go up front. He grabbed and he said, we got to go up front and pray. So we went up in front, and we rejoiced during one of the services. And I don't know why, because I just turned around, and I just saw him, and, my, and, he, and the pastor, Reverend, said, I want all you men to go pray with somebody you don't know. That's what he said. And that's exactly what I did. I turned around, and there he was. And I said, that's the guy I got to talk to. I don't know why. 
So I crawled over a couple pews and talked to him, and this is what happened. And this happened again and again, you know, just, just with men who are excited. I love going to camps because, you know what, it's like a piece of heaven. This is like heaven on earth. You don't hear any cussing. You don't hear any swearing. You don't hear men taking the Lord's name in vain. And you got men who are precious like faith. And it's like, wow, this is like heaven. This is, if this is what heaven's going to be like, I want to be a part of it, you know. And that witnessed that witness more to me than all the services and everything else. And don't, don't get me wrong. Like I said, they were awesome. Aaron Soto was spot on. Brother Booker was spot on. And Brother Simmons was spot on in the early morning excursions through the woods, you know, with the hiking. I, I really loved the devotions. But this is just an inkling, just, just the smallest little inkling of what heaven's going to be like. Man, you don't want to miss the trip. You do not want to miss the trip to heaven because heaven's going to be awesome, I'm telling you. It's going to be an awesome place for everybody and for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. And it's not just limited to one person, but it's to every tribe, nation, and tongue. Every tribe, nation, and tongue, and everyone who hears the gospel, heaven's going to be a wonderful place. We're going to dance on the streets of gold with the saints of God, and it's going to be clean, and it's going to be pure, and it's going to be holy. And we're going to be with the one who died for us forever. I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Brother Bob? I'll come to you. I don't know. I am. Um, I went to to the um, men's camp this weekend, and um, I I um, went and went to the altar to pray, and I got we was singing and and I got so a a um, I don't know, it's hard to explain it so. It was so a beautiful and feeling inside of me, and I seen um, a beautiful um, sky. I mean, it was a beautiful. It was beautiful, and people was clapping and singing, and um, and I um, I was trying to get the Holy Ghost. And, um, but I, uh, um, and I was asking God for the Holy Ghost and, um, everything, but I, um, but, and so I, um, I can't think of what his name is, but one of the, um, pastors there was talking about his life and, um, it hit ground. I mean, it um, it was just like it was me. I um, because I I didn't have a very good life when I was a kid, and um, my um, grandparents 
took care of uh, and raised me. I had my my grandfather was a, a, a bu- sorry to say this, but a bu- abusive drunk, and uh, um, he liked to uh, he uh, messed around and um, beat beat used to uh, knock me down and kick me with um, his work boots and would um, and he um, was just a um, mean and vicious animal. I mean, it um, and I um, growed up all in this in this life and I um, and I'm very sorry that I um, my I did things as I got older and because um, that that's the only and I wanted his love anyway but I did like I um I did both I mean I didn't I um I was uh, um me with women and I, and I was um I um tried um mess with the with them, and I was just a, it was a, um, I did a lot of, um, bad stuff, and, but then my, um, I got away from there for a while, and then I, my aunt, my aunt Ann that's in heaven now, she, um, Help me. Um, I got away from that, and she helped me um, to be better. Uh, help me with being a better person, and um, and then I eventually got on my own, and um, and then I um, can't. Moved around a few places at times, and then eventually came moved to La Crosse and started coming here. And I'm a better person for it, and I um, am blessed. I'm very blessed to be um, to know you people and to um, have you for as my brothers and sisters. And um, I love you all, and um, and thank you. Amen. Well, it's nothing like the Kalahari, I'll tell you that. <laughs> if you want a quick lesson in humility, go stay in a dorm room with three men in a tiny room. (laughs) You will learn humility.
The learning never stops when it, when it comes to God, and He uses all kinds of practical applications to get you there. So, but uh, what a great time. I kind of already said earlier that this seemed to me like I, I just kind of like stand back sometimes and observe and look around, and it just seemed like there was at breakfast and all the meals and in the services, there just seemed to be a lot of men from a lot of different walks of life that just to me didn't look like they were all the way in yet, but at least they were there, and just it just encouraged me. And and I, I already said that if we it's beef, if each one of us could just reach one more man this year, you got you got we got 365 days, gentlemen, um, and Richard and Terry, if you guys don't go next year, I'm going to pay your way. You can't afford it. You need to be there. We'll make we'll make sure you get there. You guys, you guys missed it. I'll personally pay your way if I have to. But we need to have you there. It would have been so much. You'd have been blessed beyond measure. But um, but God's just—he's doing a work with men. And um, just imagine if we there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, counting Jesse, men in here, maybe nine, counting Aiden. Uh, and Brian, Ryan, forgot about him. He's sitting over here. If each one of us reach one man, one person, even if they're not all the way in truth, all the way in church, if they're here next year, and we get—I mean, what a problem to have! We, you know, what if what if we had to go rent a van just so everybody could go to men's camp, or even better yet, buy a church van? I'd love to see that. Not so we can say, look what we did, but look what Jesus did. Amen. And those men that would go would be blessed. It's already been said by everybody else, beyond measure. And so we're looking forward to next year. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. It was an amazing time. It was a good time of fellowship. It was a good time of preaching, teaching, meeting new people, making new friends. It was great. But one of the prevailing themes of the, of the weekend was that men are uniquely built for war. And um, we've done a sermon or two on that here. And... Uh, so that kind of resonated with me, that the uh, that that was the the prevailing theme: advancing, advancing the kingdom of God, advancing us as individuals, as families, toward what God has in store for us, toward the, uh, moving toward the man that God wants me to be. And uh, in today's day and age, it is imperative. That men be men. We have got to stand up and claim our rightful place, our God-given place, the place that God created us to hold, and stop relinquishing it, stop passively letting it go by. Uh, you know, as, as men, it, it sometimes you get out of high school and. You start thinking about, well, I gotta do something now, and and it seems at times overwhelming. I gotta I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do with the rest of my life. 
but looking back on it, I mean, that's the easiest time I ever had <laughs> in my life as an adult. <clears throat> but at the time, it seemed absolutely insurmountable. Like, what am I going to do? That's a big decision to make. And then I got married, and we started having kids, and the responsibilities just kept piling up, piling up, whether I wanted them to or not. And uh, at the workplace, you know, you start getting positions of perhaps, hopefully, greater and greater authority. You kind of move up in the ranks, as it were, and uh, your responsibilities increase. Responsibility is a part of life. And as men in our culture today, the statistically speaking, by and large, we're just relinquishing all of that. I don't want to be responsible for anything. I don't want to commit to anything. And that's not what we were created to be. Brother DeMuth said, start bringing some men in. We do need to bring men in, but the men that are going to come in through these doors are probably not going to be men. Not in the biblical sense. And it's our job as Christian men to show them what a Christian man is. What does a man do? They don't drink and sleep around. Cuss up a storm. That's not what being a man is all about. Far from it. Amen. Thank you, men. That was awesome. All right. Um, one last thing before we get going here. I may not even have time to preach. Uh, Michael is here. And we still have a baptismal certificate for Michael A. Miller. Is that you, sir? Oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to give this to you if that's all right. <laughs> Amen. He was baptized in April. We're going to give that to him. Praise God. So good to see you today. Amen. All right. Uh, can we get started? That be all right with you guys? All right. <laughs> Matthew chapter 9. Verses 35 through 37. That's where we'll take our scripture text today. Matthew chapter 9, 35 through 37. The Bible says this And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Amen. He was in ministry. He was in the position that God wanted him to be in. He was doing the work that God had called him to do. And in the middle of that, he looked on the multitudes, and he was moved with compassion on them. Because they were hurting. They were wounded. They were so desperately in need of something more. Amen. 
going to preach for a few minutes today on this topic. Love that sends, love that goes. Love that sends, love that goes. We could pray one more time and ask God to bless the remainder of His service here. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for the Word of the Lord. We are so thankful for Your presence here and for everything that You've done so far. We continue to submit ourselves to You in every area of this service, every area of our lives. And we pray, we pray, we pray that all of Your heart, all of Your will would be manifest here today. That Your words would go forth and that Your will would be accomplished in our midst. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. From the very beginning, God had in mind a particular creature that He would have fellowship with, that He would love no matter what, and that He would have a relationship with, an ongoing, vibrant relationship. And in the Garden of Eden, that all came crashing down. One decision, one errant thought leading to an errant action destroyed everything. It's because of that one decision that we have sickness and disease today. It's because of that one decision that we have sin. We have all of these abominations. We have slaughters. We have abortions. We have wars. We have earthquakes and famines and and Everything that's wrong with this place is because of that one decision to stray from the will of God, to stray from the commandment of God and decide I'm going to do what I want to do. And from that very moment, God instituted a plan whereby He could bring us back. He could woo us back to Himself. He created us for this purpose. To love Him, to worship Him, to fellowship with Him. And we chose a different path. But from that moment forward, God instituted a plan whereby that would be rectified. It would be fixed. In Adam's life, he instituted the doctrine that it would take the spilling of blood to cover sin. Figs and leaves would not do. Figs and leaves are not alive in the biblical sense, and so they can't be killed as a substitutionary sacrifice. It would take the spilling of the blood of lambs and goats and bullocks to cover our sin. To the time of Noah, where it had advanced to the point where the thoughts and intents of man's heart was only evil continually. And God said, I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth. But then the Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God worked with Noah, Noah's family, to institute a plan of salvation. Judgment was coming. Judgment has to come. It always must come. He's a righteous God. He's a holy God. And He will not abide sin. There must be judgment against sin. There is a holy and a righteous indignation in the mind of God against every sin. It's got to be answered. It's got to be accounted for. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And through Noah, God instituted a way of salvation. Anybody could come. All they had to do was get in the ark. That's it. Get in the ark. It was an act of faith. 
There had never been rain. It had never rained from the very beginning until now. And Noah's building this boat in the middle of nowhere. They, uh, the Bible teaches us that uh, the waters were divided from the land. There were seas of some kind. Maybe they had boats somewhere, but not here. But no one got in the boat. No one believed that judgment was coming. No one believed enough to put them and their families in the ark. Except Noah and his family. On the other side of the flood, mankind multiplied and replenished the earth till the time of Abram. God decided from now on, I'm going to work with a specific group. I'm going to work with a specific people. And through Abram, he was going to institute his law He was going to reveal Himself to mankind through them. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They all came and went. We get to the time of Moses and Israel. It's time to deliver the nation of Israel from Egypt. We just heard about that this morning. God used Moses. God worked through Moses and Aaron to see His will come to pass. To destroy the gods of Egypt to bring judgment on them, and to pull His people out from bitter bondage into freedom. God worked through them. God instituted His laws, His precepts, His commandments. And He gave them to the nation of Israel. And He entrusted them with they entrust, He entrusted Israel with the words of this law. They were repositories of truth and they would henceforth be called to be witnesses of the goodness of God to the rest of mankind. God would work through Israel now to demonstrate